Welcome, everyone, to episode 454 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. So today's topic, Will is taking the lead here. We're going to be talking about a spoiler cast for the third semester of Persona 5 Royal, right, Will? Correct. That's how it's going to go. And you'll be taking the lead on that. I I'm, I know you said I could tune out, but I'm probably going to pay attention and maybe ask questions and clarifications on stuff. So I was thinking of two things because I don't want to spoil it for you, but yeah. I also kind of want to explain because how I'm going to do this, I've never done a spoiler thing episode where it's just me. Right. Like, the closest thing I did was the indoctrination theory when I was like maybe like 17 years old. Yeah. That was a while so, ago. Yeah. That was seven years ago. So this is the first time that like I'm doing full spoiler episode by myself. So I was thinking about it. I was like, man, I don't really want to spoil this for Dan, but also he's going to have absolutely zero context for all of the zany things that I'm going to say in the next 25 minutes. Yeah. So I kind of like that you're listening because I wonder if me explaining some of this to you is going to make you go, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, probably. And the likelihood of me actually being able to play Persona 5 is slim unless it comes to other platforms. Uh, I don't plan on getting the PlayStation 5. Yeah. Um, So if it doesn't come to Xbox or PC or the Switch... I'm probably not going to play it. Maybe, maybe I might get like a mid to late generation PlayStation 5, but probably not. It, it, I mean, it depends. It's uh, it's a hard sell for you guys because in my most recent playthrough of Royal, like I put 120 hours into the game. I kind of try to go a little bit more of a completion uh, approach to the game. Yeah. So it took me a little bit longer to do everything, but if you're going at it blind and try to do as much stuff as I did, like trying to figure out the game will take you quite a while. So like that's a really hard pitch for people who are in their 30s, who have kids, who have full-time jobs, who don't. Well, it took me all of April to play this game. So <laughs> yeah. and I'm doing nothing. Yeah. And, so, and 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 any of the games that I usually pick are stuff that at least now like I can play together with you know as a family. Or something on the Switch. I can I can spend 70 hours, 80 hours on a game on the Switch because I can take it wherever with me, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, having to take over the TV and play something like that, that's probably not suitable for little ones to be around for. Um, yeah, that would definitely be a hard sell. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, it's unfortunate because I think you and Corey, and I think Eric to some extent might kind of like it, but I think it's up here on Corey's alley, especially. Yeah. Okay, so that's going to be the main topic. Will, do you have anything you want to tease for later on the episode? Honestly, no. Corey got a PlayStation 4 with the Final Fantasy VII Remake. I haven't actually had a chance to play it yet. Uh, that'll be coming up, though, probably uh-huh. in the next coming weeks. I know uh, Corey is going to be playing it. I know a couple of listeners are playing it right now. So that's another game I kind of want to do a spoiler cast on. You know, bring Tito back, have me and Corey. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, like I know Reefer is playing it, so I think it would be a good fun episode to do oh, down the that's, road. that's a great idea so and that but that would be one i would peace out for while you guys are doing the main <laughs> segment uh because that one i don't want spoiled for me because i know that's coming to other platforms it's just a matter of when yeah so okay i i don't have much to tease either i'm obviously going to be talking a little more animal crossing uh but i also played i, I bought and played kingdoms of amalore I revisited that gem, so I'll talk about my experience with that uh, later on during what we played. So, 
So I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah. Oh, we'll also be talking about the new Assassin's Creed reveal. Oh, yeah, that's right. That I happened not wait. yesterday and today. So we'll talk about that during Nibble Bits. Uh, but if you haven't if you haven't caught that yet, definitely check it out because um, it's quite something. Uh, also, I wanted to say, if you are going to be listening to this episode uh, and you don't want Persona 5 spoiled for you, I do plan on putting the uh, timestamp in the comments so you can skip past the Persona 5 Royal stuff. Um, so I should actually send myself a reminder to do that. But yeah, look look in there and, and there will be one. You could probably guess it'll take like, what, 25 minutes, half an hour, you said, Will, for um, for your Persona 5 stuff yeah it, around i mean kind of how i have it set up is i'm gonna run through the story not all of it but some of the more important story beats and then talk about what i thought of it all right okay so all right yeah so uh go ahead and skip ahead if you don't plan on on catching that skip ahead to nibble bits and uh will go ahead yeah so uh we did do an episode on persona 5 royal maybe three or four weeks ago i can't really remember exactly and you know i covered the game but i didn't really cover too much of the actual new content just some of the stuff that's kind of shown to you early on in the game the new content is the stuff that happens after the very end of the game after you destroy the false god and save christmas um is when the new stuff starts to really take (laughs) forward (laughs) i already like the sounds of that so what happens is before you even like do that stuff at the very end of the game, um, there is a palace where you do, for people who have played the game, Sai Nijima, who is Makoto's sister, who is one of the Phantom Thieves. You actually do her palace, but before you do that, uh, the new character, Kasumi, who is kind of in the promotional material for Persona 5 Royal, um, it's a long story. I don't want to spoil everything, but she gets upset with stuff that's going on at school. So she wants to meet up with Joker um, at the stadium, which is kind of a meetup spot that kind of comes up during the game. Um, she wants you to meet up there. So you and Morgana, who is your cat, who is your guide through the metaverse and all of that, uh, go there to go see her because you realize something was wrong with her. Uh, while you get there, you realize that she has slipped into the metaverse, which is interesting because only people that can go into the metaverse is the Phantom Fees and the antagonist of the game. Uh, so you realize that she's in there. So you and Morgana are like, oh, no, that's not good. So you guys transform and go to find her. Um once you get there inside this random palace that you don't really know whose it is or why it's there, um, you see Kasumi kind of being confronted by a shadow who is very similar looking to herself. Um, so you're kind of confused by that, but so on and so forth. She eventually awakens her persona. You fight off the bad guys, uh, yada, yada, yada. Uh, once you depart that place, um, Kasumi kind of, uh, is asked to join the Phantom Thieves there, but she declines because that's not really her route that she wants to go. Um, so unfortunately there you don't do that. And also you and Morgana don't worry about that palace because at that point, the stuff in the story is about to reach ahead. So you're kind of uh, not worrying about whose palace that is because it's not really important to what you guys, the Phantom Thieves are trying to accomplish. Uh, so you kind of just ignore that. So um, what happens is after you beat the false God, Uh, At the very end of the game on Christmas Eve, what happens in the original Persona 5 is Sai Nijima comes to you in the street, thanks you for everything you do, uh, but says that they need more help to convict the main antagonist of the game, who is Masayoshi Shido, who is the guy who kind of puts Joker in the situation that he's in. And Dan, for your context, at the very beginning of the game, Joker 
rescues somebody who is being sexually assaulted by yeah, somebody. Yep. I remember uh, you saying that when we when we did our episode before. Yeah, so it's actually like the upcoming prime minister of Japan. So he oh, doesn't take kindly to that. So he pretty much ruins your life. Um, and that's why you're in um, the area that you're in because you kind of get sent to – you get kicked out of school, expelled, and sent to a new place to like live. <laughs> So that's what happens. So after you do that and you destroy the false god who set the whole motion of the game forward, uh, Sai wants you to turn yourself in. She says you're probably going to go to juvenile, um, but you'll be able to convict Cheeto and eventually get acquitted from everything, which is a very bittersweet thing at the time because you just spent all your time. You literally destroyed a false god to save the world, and you have to turn yourself in. But what happens is the rival of the game, uh, Goro Akechi, who is a very uh, very focal part of the story, comes out of nowhere, which is interesting because he dies in Shido's palace um, and says he's going to turn himself in because he was the one behind a lot of the stuff, and it's his fault that Joker's in trouble. So he's going to turn himself in to the cops, and they'll have that testimony. So Joker gets to live his life normally with the rest of his friends. So this is where the new content kind of starts to kick in. You do Christmas, you do New Year's, and on January 1st, Kasumi invites you out in the morning. Um, you go to hang out with Kasumi, uh, but you kind of realize something's off. Like, right off the bat, the new story content gives off a very, like, eerie, happy-go-lucky vibe, though. So it's, it, just to clarify, it's like, it's post-game, right? Kinda, po- yeah, it's, it, it's post-game content, but it takes place. Yeah, it takes place after the very final boss, which is Yaldabaoth, who is the the false god who kind of is controlling everything. Um, so this is like the post-game content that happens. It's supposed to be like twenty hours. I think I might have done it in like ten because okay. I kind of I was max level by the time I reached that point. So yeah, it's essentially post-game content. Okay. Um, so and as I said, Kasumi is like the main character that they add to this game that you get to use for the first time. Um, she's that redhead girl with the ponytail. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, you realize something's really off. And as I said, it gives off a very, very eerie vibe um, of everything just seems too perfect. Um, you realize that there's this random character who's in the Cafe LeBlanc with you who you're like, I don't know who this is. You're confused by this random woman who's there. But you hang out with Kasumi. You meet up with all your friends, which also confirms something's wrong. And she's also onto that as well. Uh, your main friend Ryuji mentions that he's the star of the track team uh, and is getting scholarship scholarship chances. Makoto's family is alive and happy together. Uh, Makoto's family, the only person that remained were her and her sister. Uh, again, there's that random human you saw in the cafe. Uh, Yusuke is under the caring advising of Madarame, who is actually one of the palace villains, the second palace villain that you end up um, changing their heart. So you're very confused, and after spending time with Kasumi, you go home, even more confused of what's going on, uh, and you wake up in the uh, morning to a random person in your room who you actually learn is Morgana, who is the cat who guides you through a lot of the game. Um, you realize that the woman is Futaba's mother, alive and doing well. Futaba, Dan, mom died in the game, or before the game started. So you're confused to why that's going on. Uh, eventually... What ends up happening is Goro Akechi, who's the guy who turned himself in for you, comes into the cafe and goes, something's wrong, we need to talk. So you end up breaking off and you start talking. Your guys are like, what is going on? Everybody's alive who shouldn't be. This is really weird. Um, So while discussing this, Kasumi actually calls your character saying that the palace that they visited back in October is back. uh, And they need to check it out as soon as possible. So him and Akechi go to meet up with Kasumi to actually infiltrate this palace. 
What ends up happening is they realize it's a therapy ward, and you start seeing videos about Kasumi's life, which is affecting her greatly. Um, but she still pushes forward to fight through it. Um, eventually, you meet the palace leader, who uh, meets the three of you there, and it's the character uh, Maruki, who is actually the Sujin Academy therapist, who is also the new character that was added to the game. Uh, when the first palace happens with Kamoshida, who is the teacher who sexually assaults students, beat up students as a coach, happens, they bring in this therapist to kind of talk to the students to help them work through that. Uh, Joker and the fam thieves actually kind of develop a, a rapport with this person, and uh, Maruki and Joker kind of bond and really hit it off. So he reviews, um, or he reveals to the three of those characters that he actually created the reality that, that they're in. The game, Dan, for context, is based on cognitive science, so a lot of it is, like, mental and, like, messing with the mental psyche to be able to um, change people's hearts or project things that can kind of help people. Uh Um, That's kind of what the game's about. So he reveals that the actual world that they're in, he created from when Goro Akechi turned himself in on. So they're all living a false life, and the only two, or the only three people that realized something was off was Akechi, Joker, and Kasumi. Um... But you learn here that Kasumi had a twin sister, which you learned early, but she actually passed away. You learn kind of the truth behind that. Um, Kasumi's twin sister, Samire, is actually Kasumi. And Kasumi died in a car or got hit by a car a few years prior to actually meeting Samire. Um, And she was driven by guilt because Kasumi ended up saving her. Uh, she started having therapy by Dr. Maruki. Uh, and through Maruki's work in cognitive science, science he creates a reality where Sumire thinks that she's actually her sister, Kasumi. Uh, and the reason for this is because she's overridden with so much pain and guilt that she couldn't really live on, knowing that she was the reason her sister sacrificed herself. Uh, so basically, this character you spent 100 hours getting to know is actually somebody different. Huh. Um, it's her twin sister. So what ends up happening, I actually have a quote. Uh, from Maruki, just because I pulled some quotes because I thought they were all really interesting and poignant. Uh, limited as it was, I already had the power to actualize her wish. Put yourself in her shoes for a moment. Samira's older sister, Kasumi, died from protecting her. Surviving such a dismal tragedy, who would be able to cope with that survivor's guilt, let alone heal from the emotional scarring she suffered? If Samira can live a healthy and positive life by becoming Kasumi, then I believe that reality is what will make her actually happy. Uh, of course, I wanted a society... Um, to acknowledge cognitive science through my research, but that's because my goal is to save everyone in the world. Uh, like Kasumi, by ending suffering, my work will convert your wishes, the wishes of the people, into reality. No one will have to suffer again under the yoke of an unfair society. Um, so it's really interesting. I'll get to why in a little bit, uh, why I thought it was an interesting take on the game story, but Samiria's persona weakens, and then she begs to let Joker and Akechi believe that she's actually her sister. Um to which Maruki flees with her, uh, and Joker and Akechi have to give the reality that Maruki has set up seven days and come back to realize, or come back to him to talk about uh, everything. So they're kind of forced to accept this reality for seven days, and they're very annoyed by this, but they do it. So the next week in game, you actually spend talking to your friends, and how it's set up is each day you can go see and meet with a new friend and talk to them, in which you can try to get them to remember how things actually were as opposed to what they're doing with now. So for example, like Anne, for example, who's one of the characters, her friend Shiho is a volleyball star, uh, which she kind of was in the real game, but she attempted to kill herself because of the Kamoshida teacher earlier in the game kind of forced her down that path. 
Uh, again, Ryuji was a track star who gets uh, friends and scholarships for track, uh, which is something that was against what his normal character was. Morgana is a human. Uh, the whole thing with Morgana is was a cat, thought was a human the entire time. And then in this reality, he wanted to be a human, so he became a human. Uh, Yusuke is under the caring advisement of Madarame, who was a palace villain in the game. Uh, Makoto's family is all there, alive and happy. Futaba has her mom back uh, and gets to live with Sojiro and Joker. Haru has her dad back, who is actually a good man, treated his employees well, and treated her as a daughter and not as property. Uh, Akechi is alive, which is something that was totally different. And the Fanthes are actually acknowledged as heroes and are loved by a general society, which is another thing that was not kind of a thing uh, in the actual game. But Joker talks to all of them, and it kind of they all realize something's off in this reality, especially Morgana. Um, eventually, they flash forward to the point where they have to infiltrate Maruki's palace to try to get Samire back. Uh, they do some battles with some shadows and fight Samire's persona. Uh, and then after that struggle, the rest of the Phantom Thieves come to jump in to assist them, save Samire, and escape. Um, at that point, the team uh, is going to completely infiltrate the palace to try to change Maruki's heart. Uh, with new squad mates secure, or Sum- Sumire and Akechi finally joining. Uh, my only complaint, actually, with this game was how late it took them to give you Sumire to actually use. I was really bummed that I only got her for maybe 15 hours out of the 125 hours I played in the game. Um, that was really bummed me out. But anyway, so basically the game gives you uh, from January 9th until February 3rd to get the job done. A lot of stuff happens. Uh, I'm not going to spoil too much in between then because it's a lot of free stuff. You kind of do what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but February 2nd comes, and at that night, Maruki actually visits Joker and Morgana at night to convince them to accept his reality. Maruki cares about Joker and the rest of the crew and wants him to be happy. He talks about how he strangely acquired this power to change reality, to heal people, and the promises to change the world so everyone can be happy and never have to actually hurt again. Maruki mentions how you and Akechi are both examples of how great young people had a harsh and unfair reality. Uh, Joker with being getting a record at a young age and Akechi being used by people and manipulating ma- manipulated to doing what they want. Uh, Maruki realizes Akechi is actually eavesdropping in the conversations and tell him to come out because the issue that they're talking about involves the two of them. Uh, he says the relationship that you two share is very unusual. A detective and a phantom thief, despite being enemies, your relationship isn't based on hatred or ill will. That's why I find it so tragic when I learned that you, or what had happened in Shido's palace. Um, And he says to Joker that, didn't you regret what happened between the two of you in there? Because in the game, Dan, uh, they, that's where Akechi dies. um, Okay. Because they had a bad boss fight. Um, You two came to a deep understanding of one another, yet you had no choice but to leave Akechi to his fate. That's why I created a reality where the two of you could have a fresh start. Um, so that kind of means that the reality that they're in right now, Akechi's actually fake. He's not a real living person. Um, he's only there because, um, Ruki made it so, um, which is an interesting little twist because I wondered how Akechi lived and it turns out that was just fake Akechi, which is really an interesting twist because he's all for, um, ending this because Maruki says I generally didn't want to tell you this because I didn't want you to think I was holding him hostage but no matter what you think of me I just want you all to accept this reality and move on with your happy lives uh in which Akechi responds to and that matters how exactly don't tell me you think you're going to dangle my life in front of us thinking it's going to actually impact what we decide um so Akechi tells him that he's tired of having his life manipulated by others and doesn't want to live under the thumb of another person, uh, and he doesn't care if things going back to normal means he dies in the end. Um, 
So at that point, it's really cool. The game gives you the chance to either accept the reality or you throw him a calling card and you're going to duke it out. Um, if you accept his reality, it gives you an end to the game, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But really what happens is uh, you fight him. You do a, a really awesome multi-part boss fight. Uh, I thought it was the best boss fight in the game. It was had the most uh, most stakes, in my opinion. Uh, and then after you do that, things pick up February fourth, where Joker and the squad, or where the squad realizes that Joker are catching Morgana are all gone. They return to the cafe where Morgana ends up showing up. Uh, to which they deduce that Akechi is back to being dead, and they learn that Joker, who actually turned himself in on Christmas like he was asked to, was the reality that actually ended up happening. Uh, so that's where the game picks up, kind of similar to what happened in the vanilla Persona 5. So uh, it just took a roundabout way of actually getting there, which is kind of cool because they're all very upset that when they actually came to and realized it was too late that Joker had already turned himself in and was in juvie for at least two months at that point. So that's really all of the content. Uh, so what I thought about it is I thought the new content was the best content in the game by far. Huh. Um, I think the villain was amazing because his end goal was very similar to the final boss where they fought the old god but what was cool about it is when you're going through the palace to fight the old god you see like it's pretty easy to reject his way of thinking because they both want people to just stop thinking and just accept reality to what they think is best for everybody um and it's really easy to do that when you're going through the false god's palace and seeing people chained up and being tortured but with maruki you see your friends happy living a life that ultimately is really easy and happy for them everybody kind of gets back what they had lost throughout the course of the game because the point of the fam thieves is they all face injustice and they wanted to change that through unfair realities that ended up happening to them but they all have happy and carefree lives and they all get to spend time together and like they're a big family which is really interesting to see because when you see that in the game it's kind of harder for you to be like no like that's not right as opposed to seeing when the false guy was doing it and just making people's lives miserable um and Maruki is a complex character because he's a very caring person, but he's also a tortured person. His backstory, which you learn while doing the palace, is his girlfriend. His parents end up getting killed. Um, and he goes to change that for her by erasing her memories through his power that he kind of had. But what he ends up doing is erasing her memory completely. Uh, so she forgets about who he is, uh, which kind of hurts him. But he wants her to live a happy life, so he kind of just accepts it and moves on and leaves her alone. Uh, so he's also kind of hurting. And also the guy who ruined um, Joker's life also put a stop to him studying cognitive science. So he wasn't able to accomplish his career path that he wanted to. So he also lost a lot. Um, and that's kind of why he became a counselor, because he wanted to help people. Uh, and his palace is actually really excellently done, too. It was the longest palace in the game. And I didn't think it was the longest one, but it turns out it is. The fam, the fam thieves kind of have to figure out how he thinks while going through it. Uh, for example, there's videotapes that play videos of his life, of major moments of his life, one of them being um, talking to his girlfriend, also where he's worrying about Sumire and uh, um, when she's getting therapy, just a bunch of different places, which is really cool to see. Kind of gives more depth to him as a character. There's also a puzzle about halfway through the palace where your team has to answer therapy questions, and depending on your answer is how your path of the palace goes. So, for example, one of them is, uh, one of your friends is being led astray at school by a group of bad people, and you have two options. A, you chase after them and potentially risk being hurt, or B, tell a teacher and risk being too late to help. 
So there's like four different questions that you have to answer that kind of takes you in the direction of which way to go in the palace, but you have to answer them in the way that he thinks is best. Oh, okay. Which is a really cool puzzle because yeah. there's nothing like that in the rest of the game. So it kind of helps you understand his motivations and the circumstances a lot more. Um, as I said earlier, the boss fight was really fun. It wasn't hard, but it packs a punch emotionally because you'll have to try beating Maruki and while you're doing these boss fights or during this boss fight, he calls out to the different characters saying, you know, like, I'm just trying to help you guys. Like, why do you guys refuse this? Um, which was kind of touching because he just wants to see everybody happy, but the fam thieves are just full on rejecting what he wants. And it's tough because Joker refuses to let Maruki die at the end of the game. He actually ends up saving him. Um, and it was just totally different from the rest of the game because most of the game it's like, oh, the adults are bad people who are doing things wrong, but this one's like not really like that. It's completely different where they're trying to help and they're just kind of misguided in how they're going about it because, as Akechi said, doesn't want to live under the thumb of somebody else, which is exactly what they would be doing. Right. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, there's a false ending, which is really cool because if you accept the offer where you just accept the reality that he created – it's a really happy ending, but it's so happy that it's creepy. Kind of what happens is you're kind of all together with all of your friends and you're just having a good time and enjoying it. But Joker and Akechi realize something's off the whole time. So they don't ultimately get to live happy because they know that that's not real. Um, an example being like one of the scenes they do in the false ending is when Makoto and Haru graduate, they're taking a group picture and Baruki takes that group picture and everybody is like really happy. But, it's so fake and empty. Huh. Whereas the real ending that ends up happening where it's kind of not as happy, it's a little more fulfilling because it's just, it's real. It's harsher, but it's more real. Kind of everybody goes in their own path to, instead of just holding on to everything that once was, they kind of move on and everybody goes their own directions. Like Haru and Makoto go to college. Ryuji goes to work on his knee so he can be back to track um the the false ending thing makes me think a little bit of near automata with all the different endings yeah yeah it definitely is very similar to that just because it's just like near Automata had those types of endings too yeah. and this game also does that same similar sort of thing it's just like a false ending that's like over the top what you would want but yeah it's not good yeah because ultimately it kind of goes after it was kind of like a fan servicey ending in a way because what it is it's like Joker stays in the Cafe LeBlanc living with Sojiro because everybody when they when the original Persona ending happened it was all of the characters stay in that area and Joker has to go back home to his family because he's acquitted of everything uh, and Morgana goes with him because Morgana is a cat so it's easy for a cat to come with Joker and this one it's like oh Sojiro has Joker stay at the cafe like Futaba is going to school like everyone's like staying together um, which everybody wants that, like, fan-wise. Like, everybody wanted them to stay together, but in real life, that's not how life works. Like, eventually you do move apart from people, um, and that's just kind of the harsh reality of it. So it was a really interesting way for the narrative and twist for the game to go. Um, I didn't really expect it. It felt like a spy movie sort of thing, because you and, like, the detective who was spent most of the game trying to bust the fan thieves are actually working together because you're trying to figure out how a he's even alive and b like what is even going on because everybody's being so weird um it's just, it, i thought it was really excellently done uh i can't say enough good things about this game and it's like one of those games where the post-game depression really kicks in because i was oh, really yeah. bummed 
yeah. bummed after I finished it. Um, but I am doing a new game plus mode where I can uh-huh. max all of the all of the stuff that I missed out on. So um, I say play Persona 5 Royal. You got to do it. That new content's really good. It sucks it's all the way at the end of the game, but I think it's well worth it. I thought it was amazing, and it was very thought-provoking how they told the story because it was just unlike the rest of the game in a good way. Okay, cool. Well, and you said you, I mean, you defended it before too, saying there's enough new stuff in there throughout and not just new stuff tacked onto the end that yep, it's still, still the best version of the game. Yeah. So like, I would say if anybody's looking at it, the only reason I would say get persona five is if you didn't want to spend 60 bucks on a new game, but a lot of the quality of life changes that they added to your Royal is definitely worth it. They fleshed out a catchy story way more. Um, added Kasumi. She's great. She's in the whole game where you have like random moments where she pops up in the main story where you hang out with her and do stuff with her. Uh, like guns, you can use every battle as opposed to you only getting a limited amount of bullets per uh, infiltration. It's just a lot better done, in my opinion. The graphics are a lot better. Um, showtime attacks are just way better. I just think people should just... If you're interested in the game and think you're going to play it, just get Royal. Uh-huh. So um, I can't say enough good things about Persona 5 Royal. I think that that game's going to chart in my top five when all is said and done. Oh, wow. Um, nice. I, yeah, it's definitely, again, I've been saying it for the last month, but it is the best JRPG out there. Uh, I think people should play it. It just sucks it's so long because so many people aren't going to play it because of that. Yeah. Okay. Any other thoughts? No, it's a ten on ten game. <laughs> nice, yeah. I mean that that won a ton of awards the year. It came, it, unfortunately, it came out. It didn't it come out in twenty seventeen. Yeah, when Which, everything else came. Yeah, out there's a there's a million other great games that came out that year too, including Breath of the Wild. So it was it was up against some stiff competition. I feel like did Nier Automata come out that year too? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. I just know that there was three or four like really really heavy hit. Mario Odyssey came out that year. Uh, there's a few really, really heavy hitters that that I, I'm not gonna look it up now, but there's there were some good games that came out that year. So in 2017, we had Breath of the Wild, Horizon Zero Dawn, Breath of the Wild, or Breath of the Wild. I already said that Near Automata, Mario oh, Odyssey. Near Automata did come out that year. Yeah, yeah. The Horizon Zero Dawn was the other one that a lot of people had for like their game of the year or Dark Horse game of the year. Uh, yeah. Most people, most people, for most people, and game game outlets and stuff it was between persona 5 and breath of the wild uh and then horizon zero dawn was was kind of the dark horse candidate yeah. for, for game of the year but i i actually saw a lot of people comment on the spoiler thread like i'm not even a big anime person at all but like i picked up this game to try it and was blown away by it so yeah i think it does an amazing job with everything like i just think the social link stuff is so interesting it's just like There'll be playthrough or times where I play for like three hours and I do no combat, and there'll be times where I play for three hours and it's all combat. Like it's just two total, like two totally different games, like into one. It's so cool. Yeah, it also makes you really feel like you're living in that area too, which is kind of hard to do. But you literally feel like you're a student in Shujin and traveling to Shibuya and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I, I very much hope it comes to other platforms. I really want it to come to Switch. It'd be a good fit. It'd be a very. I'm gonna good try fit. really hard to convince Corey to play it. 
I wish he got a PlayStation earlier during quarantine so he could finish Final Fantasy VII, and then I could really try to convince him to play this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he's got he's got quite a few games on his plate now, so yeah, he does. Uh, okay, well, let's get into nibble bits um, first, uh, and obviously, I think the biggest news is the Assassin's Creed reveal and news. Um, a lot of this was leaked already. I did know a lot of the details already, um, but I'll let you you take it away, Will. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, the new Assassin's Creed, it's called Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, and it's taking place during the, I believe it's the Viking-Saxon era uh, yeah. in history. So, yeah, when they, hit, when they hit Eastern England. Yeah, so that's when it's taking place, and... Uh, hold on, I'm bringing up the article because I just... Where is it? Because uh, there are some details uh, that have since come out since that trailer because it was yep. a four-minute um, live-action trailer, so it was a lot, there was no gameplay or anything, but um, it's taking place by the same or the same people who did black flag. I know like 13 studios are working on this game collectively. Wow. Uh, I'm imagining some, a lot of that is because of coronavirus. So they're going to need a lot more help. But it's by the people who did black flag, um, which that's one of the best assassins Creed. So that's a good group of, uh, developers to work on it. Yeah. A uh, male or female protagonist named Ivor, um, Norse society full of tough characters. Uh, it's going to have a lot of the sagas and myths from Norse uh, history, which is going to be really cool. Um, there's going to be settlement stuff where you're working on a settlement, and you can do that through either combat or uh, by talking your way through it, which seems like dialogue is going to be a little bit bigger of a, uh, a thing in this game because a lot of people's biggest complaints about Origins and Odyssey was that the dialogue wasn't very good. So. Right. I mean, there's been two years in between games. They've been working on it for a while. Maybe uh, the dialogue will be a little bit more fleshed out. Um, long ships are going to be in there, which is a huge thing. I know a lot of people really cared about. Uh, there's going to be a raid and battle systems like there were in Odyssey, which is going to be really cool. Um, uh, let's see what else. Dual wielding is going to be back. Uh, a lot of axes, which is going to be really cool. You can do two shields, which is going to be interesting. Um, advanced RPG mechanics, I w- tattoo parlor. I was going to ask about that because I didn't know it, when you said that they were going to, the black flag studio was, was going to be doing the main part of the game. I didn't know if they were going to revert back to the older style Assassin's Creed's or if they were going to keep the new, I don't know. I didn't, I don't know anything about origins. If origins was like that, but Assassin's Creed Odyssey was obviously a lot more RPG type of stuff than than the previous entries. I think it's going to follow um, Origins and Odyssey. I think the days of Assassin's Creed, like it used to be, is done. Uh-huh. And I think that's for the better because that formula really kind of fell apart. And the sales figures for Origins and Odysseys is so high. Like yeah. They sold so much better than the old games. And honestly, from a lot of research that I do, it's the vocal minority who have been complaining about how the new games are going. I yeah. think people generally really do like the new games. Uh, they play better. Yeah, that was uh, that was always my biggest complaint was the jank, janky controls in the Assassin's Creed games. Uh, as much as I love Black Flag, like that had a lot of that too. Uh, I played Syndicate, which was, was better, but still there was still a lot of Assassin's Creed 
jank. jank in that. Um, so I much prefer the the RPG ish systems to the to the action action uh, action adventure systems. Assassin's Creed Origins, Dan, came out in 2017 as well. Oh, did it really? Yeah, so that okay. was another heavy hitter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so another thing to point out that it's coming to PS4, Xbox One, and then the Xbox, the new Xbox, I'm not going to call it by its actual name, and yeah. PlayStation 5. Uh, they're all going to be out together, so it seems like it's going to be a launch title for the new consoles, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, kind of the point where I'm like, maybe I just wait until I can get it on the new consoles. So there's that. Hidden Blade is going to be back, too. Um, so that's going to be a thing. Uh, I am very excited for this. Yeah, I, I love the setting. I think it's fantastic. Um, I don't... Did they do the modern-day stuff in Assassin's Creed Odyssey? Yes. Okay, was it kind of like a backdrop? Because that that stuff can like go away, as far as I'm concerned. Very much a backdrop. There was, like I think, two points during my time of the game that they made you leave the animus for okay. like 30 minutes. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, as long as there's not too much of that, I'll be, I'll be happy with it, but yeah, I'm, I'm very much excited for it. Um, yeah. I, the trailer was amazing. I thought yeah. too. Um, it showed uh, a Viking raid on a, on an English on the English countryside. And, and you know, the, the King, I guess of England, whoever, I don't know what exact time period it takes place in, but yeah, it's because uh, the Saxons and uh, all those guys invaded England several times. The the Anglo's and, and Saxons and all them. <laughs> it was yeah, a well, it, fertile ground for raids. It says right here it takes place in the year eight seventy three. Oh, okay. So oh, cool. I didn't big, know that. Yeah, so a big part of it is actually invading England, but that says here it's worth noting that England didn't exist as we know it today, and so it was fractured land. Yeah, uh, so by many different kings. There are some people that think that this is when the historical King Arthur lived, like the, in this time period, oh. um, because there was evidence of one of these these uh, Viking raids, uh, but it was a big one. It was like more of an more of an invasion than a raid. Uh, and it was it stopped dead in its tracks, and and they think that this like this time period, I've, it might have even been before, because uh, some people think that that King Arthur was like actually like a Roman in the in the five five or six hundreds, four uh, hundreds. Um, okay, that that stopped the the invasions, but yeah. The Destructor article says they think it's going to be similar in structure to Assassin's Creed Odyssey, um, okay. warring factions. Uh, so nice it's gonna be right up my alley i cannot wait to play this game yeah i'm I'm definitely pumped for it i still have to play assassin's creed odyssey um but you know what if this if this is going to be an xbox the new xbox launch title if i do get that i'll probably get it for the new xbox um i i would just prefer that it runs at 60 frames per second that's that's my only uh only dan if you're if you're getting a new console on launch i cannot stress enough to get this game like i obviously haven't played it but yeah. i thought origins and odyssey were so good yeah uh, um, i would recommend you get it it is going to be an epic game store exclusive i don't know if that means it's it's got to be coming to you play too um, yeah. but it's it's epic games other than that so it won't be on origin it won't be on steam it won't be on any of the others so that's interesting mm-hmm very interesting move i mean everyone's going that way yeah 
feel like I'm in the minority by complaining about it now. Just accept it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm past complaining about it. Uh, but that's mostly because the God Galaxy puts everything in one in one spot, so I don't worry about it as much anymore. That's a good point, actually. You don't have to worry about it as much. Yeah, it keeps all it keeps track of all your st- all your games, all your games you have installed. Uh, it'll you know if you click on the game in God Galaxy, it'll launch the launcher that that needs to open for whatever game it is. It's made things a yeah. lot easier. So yeah, that's that. Um, that was awesome. I was very excited for that. Uh, a couple of release dates: The Last of Us Part Two is going to be launching on June nineteenth. There was unfortunately a huge leak with a lot of the story stuff uh, for for Last of Us Part Two. So please try and stay away from that. Uh, I don't want to encourage this type of behavior because apparently it was a former employee. Ah. That was uh, jilted, a jilted lover, I guess. And uh, really? yeah, yeah, uh, he's this this person is the one that that did the leak. So uh, that's terrible. Don't encourage that behavior, that kind of behavior. Um, I, I hope everyone mostly ignores all of this. I I mean, I haven't read anything about it. I haven't sought it out, so I don't know what's going to happen. But yeah, that's that's coming Unreal. June nineteenth. Hopefully it doesn't affect sales at all. I hate seeing that. That stinks. Uh, and then Ghost of Tsushima is coming out. They That got moved to July. I don't have the date right here. I want to say July. It's mid-July. Oh, I, I've, I've got an article right here. Uh, July 17th. So June 19th and July 17th, respectively, for uh, Last of Us 2 and Ghost of Tsushima. That's like the last hurrah of this generation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's coming to a coming to a close pretty quick here. Because I don't think Xbox has anything really coming. Well, I mean, technically, Cyberpunk's the last hurrah, but yeah, yeah, that'll be the last big. I mean, they're the Call of Duty, whatever that's going to be. That'll probably launch though on multi-platform for the between the. Yeah, probably they'll probably just wait and do do a later launch. I would think. Oh, I can bring this up because we're talking about it. I guess the new Call of Duty is supposed to be Vietnam. Oh, that's cool. Apparently that's the rumor, at least. But man, if I was Activision, I would really heavily, heavily consider riding another year out with this Call of Duty because it is doing very well. Yeah. It was good. I mean, the little bit I played of it, was it, it did really well. Or it was, it was really fun. I know that doesn't won't happen because it's so much of a cash cow, but like this Call of Duty is really good, and I feel like it should get more legs than it's gonna get. Yeah. Um. Oh, I had something else that I wanted to cover. What was it? Oh, there's gonna be a, a Nintendo Nintendo Direct Act Direct esque uh, stream for the new Xbox. I believe it's May seventh. I'm trying to find a date here, and I don't. I don't. I think it is May seventh because we're going to see more uh, Valhalla. Yeah, uh, and they're going to show actual gameplay from the games that are going to be coming out for the new system. So that's the most exciting thing for me because uh, I like the look of the new Xbox. Uh, I love the controller. I'm, I'm excited for it. I don't know if I'm going to get it at launch or not. It depends on what what my financial situation is at that point. But uh, I would very much like to like to get one at, at launch. Because of the massive backwards compatibility with it is that's fantastic. So man, 
Uh, the controller looks very unchanged with just a slight change. Yeah. It looks yep. like the, the Elite controller a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Which I like. Uh, it's my favorite controller, so. Uh, I had one other thing I wanted to. I think that's it. You got anything, Will? Uh, looking through, doesn't really look like. It sucks. Coronavirus has kind of halted a lot of news, so. Um. Like, Nintendo says they're not going to have a June E3 Direct this year, according to reports. So, uh, that's a bummer, because I thought that's when we might learn more about, like, Breath of the Wild 2 and some things that are going to be coming out in the fall. Um, that doesn't seem to be the case. Um, the Final Fantasy VII director says that the next game's going to pick up right where the last game ended with the story, like the original. So they said the story is going to stay largely unchanged still, like the first part. So right. um, that's good news. They also said they don't know how many parts it's going to be. If they do bigger parts, the games are going to take longer. But if they do smaller stories, the, they'll come out a lot quicker. So they're trying to figure out what to do. That to me sounds like, uh-oh, we might get like five or six parts, which I would not be on board with. Yeah, especially even if they charge like $30 for a bunch of games like oh that's just not good i didn't like hearing that to, to, to me that means it takes too long to make whatever part they're doing so we like to me that means it's going to take another four or five oh, years yeah. before you get part two which is that's too long like even if you skip a year and, and release so it's 2020 if even if they release part two in 2022 i think that would be okay but if you go any longer than that i think that's too long to have a like a trilogy or or whatever, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't think they can do a Final Fantasy VII Remake trilogy and have it take 12 years to all come out. I think that's just way too long. Yeah. That's that's what I read into it, that they, they'll work on smaller parts of it and release it quicker. But I just, I don't like that at all. Because people who are younger than me trying to play Final Fantasy VII Remake, like, they're not gonna... The people who are, like, 15, 16, and 10 years aren't gonna care about a Final Fantasy VII remake, I don't think. Right. So I feel like they're, they're capitalizing it on people, like, maybe a little bit younger than me, up to your guys' age, a little bit older. Like, yeah. I feel like that's the target demographic for it, but... I don't know. I just think it's a mistake to wait that long. Yeah. Agreed. Anything else, Will? Uh, no, running through everything, not a lot of important stuff, really. Yeah, Gears we, Tactics came out. But... We, we covered the important stuff. I keep wanting to try that, but I don't I don't know if I'm going to end up playing it or not. I've decided. If my Xbox was here, I would definitely play it. But It's it not on Xbox home. yet. Oh, it's not? It's PC only for now. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. Okay. For now, it's, they are going to have an Xbox version, um, but for right now, it's PC only. Well, looks like I'm not going to be playing it anytime soon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how's your week been, Will? Uh, all right. Just kind of, it's been nice being home because I get to like work out and stuff again, uh, which I wasn't really able to do. So been doing that, been playing video games, uh, helping the parents around the house. Pretty much tired for, of quarantine, ready to get back to work. Can't wait to get back to work. I don't know how you feel, Dan, but quarantine's just like... Yep. It's been, like, fine, but I'm also to the point where I'm like, all right, I need to work. Yeah. For me, it's mostly my older two kids need to go back to school. <laughs> That's mostly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. 
very disruptive to the daytime routine. Yeah, I guess you really don't have a routine anymore. No, it's gone. It's all gone. Because, like, when it was just me and the twins home during the day, I, I had it figured out, like, you know, when they ate, like, they would, you know, they would pretty much play, like, all day on the, on their own, and I could get stuff done. I could do laundry and get cleaning done, and uh, now there's just none of that. It's I, I think I said it last week, but I spend most of my day in the kitchen making food and then circling the house and picking stuff up, so. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, yeah. It's been, it's been not fun, that part of it. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, other than that, it's just been like not a whole lot going on. Going yeah. through gaming depression because I beat Persona 5. Uh, yeah. That's about it, really. Yeah. I also don't have too awful much to talk about. The one thing I will say is, uh, so I think I said it last week, but my uh, my wife ordered a Switch for herself. It came yesterday, so we got it all set up. Uh, she downloaded, right away she downloaded the NES Online, the SNES Online, and Tetris 99. Um, and she played a little bit of, of all of those. She played a little bit of the original Mario. She played Super Mario World and some Tetris 99. She actually finished, I think she finished 8th. And like her third match or something like that. And wow. I've played a little Tetris 99 and I don't think I've done any better. I think I like 40th was the highest I ranked, <laughs> which is not very good. Um, a part of that, part of that was I didn't know some of the controls. So that now that I, cause she figured everything out uh, and I'm an idiot for not being able to figure any of it out, but she, yeah, she figured some of it out. So that, that does help. Uh, but this evening she started playing uh, Animal Crossing, which is loving cool. it. Yeah, so far she, I mean she's she's put a decent amount of time in. I don't know if she's playing now, but yeah, she's probably put maybe two hours in so far. Uh, she's you know doing some fishing when I came down here, uh, just getting ready <laughs> for the kids to go to bed. So yeah, so that's um, cool. She just started it, right? Yeah, just just today. What's her fruit? It is pears. Mm, me and her were stuck with pears, I see. Yep, so she got pears. My other two kids got peach. Uh, Max Marlowe got peaches on their islands. And then, uh, I mean, I started with oranges, but I have all of them now. I also have all the flowers. I'll talk about Animal Crossing a little bit more uh, during what we played, so... Yeah. Outside of that, I didn't have anything like last week. I latched on to some music stuff. I didn't really have anything like that that I latched on to this week. Um, it was mostly just like making food and, and uh, you know, sanity's hanging on by a thread at this point. <laughs> yeah, and it's 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 good thing for video games because if if like if I did if I wasn't uh, very heavily introverted and if I didn't love video games like I did, I would probably be in rough shape right now. Yeah. I can't imagine how some people, I imagine they're just not even bothering. Bothering what? With quarantine. It's like whatever. Yeah. We're starting to see people in our neighborhood, like not do it anymore. Um, But you know, we were talking about it and I think, I think it's kind of time to, uh, well, your camera's frozen. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you, know if you want to read. No, that's fine. It's just uh, the, you know, it's not a. It was a mid-talking face. Oh, it froze again. I have to. I'm trying to do uh, some computer stuff. Oh, so, gotcha. 
I have to d- use my phone because it's like codes coming in via text. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think uh, in a lot of places it's probably probably fine for people to resume mostly normal life. You know, kind of probably keep your distance, wear a mask when you're out in public. But uh, you know, New York is is not a good place right now. Mostly mostly New York City and downstate, but parts of upstate are are bad too. So, uh, but a lot of other places I think are probably fine. So. Uh, mission accomplished with with uh, not overloading the hospitals right away. I think everything. Yeah. I think we're a lot more prepared than we were a while ago. So, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, as I've, uh, I just want to hang out with friends and do normal things again and work. Yeah, That's like I I, like I said, my my life isn't that different. It's just with uh, the older kids home during the day that that disrupts everything. Outside of that, is it, you know, I haven't changed anything. <laughs> I'm uh, hoping the economy uh, picks up quickly. <laughs> I'm sure it will. I think most people, Probably. most people think pretty, it will. I'm pretty confident once like things start returning, it'll be running a lot better. Yeah. All right, let's get into what we played. Um, you probably mostly you only played Persona, right? That's literally the only thing I played. <laughs> okay. Uh, so before I talk about Animal Crossing, I will talk about Kingdoms of Amalur. So we mentioned Kingdoms of Amalur last week. I wasn't entirely sure if it was avail- available for, for backwards compatibility. So uh, after we finished the episode and I went upstairs, I went and checked, and it was on the Xbox for backwards compatibility. It was 20 bucks, so I bought it and downloaded it and played it. Uh, let me tell you, that game is pretty amazing, even still. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't... Like it's just got something that draws me into it. I I have no idea. What's, I have no idea what's going on in the story. I don't care. Like, which is total opposite of what it's usually opposite of the case. Yeah, because uh, n- normally, like I I like to pay attention to a story. A good story draws me into a game. But Kingdoms of Amalur is not that game. Like I don't know if the story gets better. I, I don't remember it from playing before, despite having played it like i don't know 50 60 hours before whatever the number was um but it's a couple things so first it's got it's got a mmo rpg like world it very much yeah. now that i've played world of warcraft it reminds me a lot of world of warcraft especially the early areas uh just just with the the way things are designed it also makes me think of fable a lot uh which is another game i yeah, really like it's it got does. that it's got that kind of whimsy to it which which is really um and the, the 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 song when you're wandering around the world very much makes me think of Fable. Uh, and then there's a combat system which is spectacular. Um, Kingdoms of Amalur has a very uh, very customizable, very rapid um, combat system where you can mix and match abilities like really well, like surprisingly well. Uh, I've made a finesse character. I'm going straight finesse for now. I might branch into like some magic later. Um, but oh my gosh, it's, it's super good. I think I've, I, I think I've put like 20 hours into it, which is a lot for an Xbox game. Really? Yeah. Um, wow. since last we recorded Friday last week. Yeah. Yeah. So I've put 20 hours in, um, since what then. What level are you? Uh, I want to say level 17. I'm a little bit over leveled for the parts of the game that I'm in. Cause I, I'm trying to do. Not if not everything, most things. I'm trying to explore, get all the lore stones, do all the side quests that I can. So I am I am a little bit over leveled. 
Um, I'm also trying to go a little more evil than I normally do. Uh, I've, I've made some bad choices. Not bad choices, but they're 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 my choices to go a more evil and or selfish route than I usually do. Uh, you know, I'm always very uh, unlike you. Yeah, I'm always the good guy in the game. Uh, it takes a lot for me to do like bad things in a game. Um, but yeah, I, I I completely screwed over the I think it's called the House of Ballads. Um, they were kind of getting taken over by so uh, by a evil was made made of Windmere or something. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sided with her at the end to screw over the House of Ballads that I've been helping all along. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Man, I don't have a lot of memories of that game. I really want to go and play it. I remembered a fair amount of the like the first town and then a few of the early on quests. But outside of that, I really didn't remember much of it either. Um, it came out, what was it, seven years? Did we Eight years ago? Seven, 2013 it came out, so seven years yeah. ago. Um, and yeah, I didn't remember. I know I didn't end up beating it, so uh, I would very much like to go through and beat it at this point. But oh, it's it's so good. Like it's yeah, I feel like it's even better than I remember. Um, and I played it on PC fairly recently. Uh, the the difference between the PC and the console versions is the PC version has a very narrow field of view, uh, which is obnoxious. But you can you can fix it with uh, messing with the ini settings, uh, or you can use uh, flawless widescreen. Uh, to fix that too so that helps um okay but yeah it's got a really bad field of view in on the pc version i don't know why that is i actually didn't know that yeah so it's because i i played on pc a little bit which is probably why i remember the beginning area again because i it was probably three or four years ago when i when i played on pc i didn't do very much i might have played like three hours worth but just to just to get a sense of it um, but it was the type of situation that Corey goes through where I spent a lot of time tinkering and getting graphic settings to work. And then I played it for a couple hours and then and then was done. A finite amount of time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those games that's just more convenient to play on console. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but what an excellent game. I really want to play it, but I don't like PlayStation has not nothing for backwards compatibility, so I just can't yeah, play it. Yeah. And I really want to play it right now. Sure. Uh, Beardless says I start Amalur like nine times, never got past the first town. I don't know why. I mean, I get it. I get it, Beardless. Like, if you're a person that needs a story in a game, um, it doesn't, like, I don't know what's going on. I don't care. Uh, something about fate. You don't have a fate, so you're able to, like, change things. It's outside of that, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, because you're technically man, dead, right? You die, and then you're brought back, and then that opens the door to you being able to do whatever. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and one of the one of the like mechanics in the game is doing the I think it's called fate stealing. It's when I don't know if you remember Will, but you like yeah. you, you stopped you almost stop time or slow down time, and then you could kill kill a bunch of guys, and then you push A when you get near one, uh, and you like steal their fate and kill them. And you get a ton of experience, experience boosting, uh, which is right. cool. So, um, but yeah, that uh, that game sucked me right back in. It's it's one of those games that I now, even now, even when it came out many years ago, um, I think about when I'm not playing it, and I want to play it when I'm not playing it. So, uh, the camera is a bit janky, though. I will say that, uh, especially if you're in a small area. Uh, the camera is is a pain in the butt. So 
but outside of that, it's it, I think it holds up pretty pretty well. So, twenty bucks Xbox Live, or on the Microsoft Store, whatever it is, yeah. like Microsoft <laughs> Store, I think. Yeah, interesting. And that's really also available on PC. Go. That's a game that needs to be on Switch. Like it needs to be. It would be per- a perfect uh, Switch port. If uh, what's its face, uh, Dragon's Dogma, which we also talked about last week, if Dragon's Dogma could be on the Switch, I think Kingdoms of Amalur could be on the Switch too. Yeah, definitely because it's more cartoony. Yeah, too. it's way more cartoony. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, so outside of that, I've played a lot of Animal Crossing too. Um, I don't even know what to say about Animal Crossing. I'm mostly just like every morning when I get up. It's usually a little bit before my twins go off. I'll go out in the living room and uh, I take that 20 minutes or half an hour or whatever of quiet time because that's the only quiet time I get. Time for myself. Uh, and I play Animal Crossing. <laughs> I just do my dailies. Yeah. Um, and then I'll get the twins up and I'll give them their breakfast. And while they're eating their breakfast, which is usually like cereal or something or a banana or what have you, then I'll, I'll finish my dailies during that. And that's, that's kind of my old man morning routine um <laughs> so my dailies are i'll go around i'll dig up all the fossils i'll water my flowers i'll try to do my nook miles uh nook miles plus stuff um i sell any fruit that that comes along uh on my fruit orchard or on my randomly placed fruit trees and then uh and then if the if the Able Sisters store is open. I'll go buy a new outfit there. That's that's my daily routine in uh, in Animal Crossing. Okay. Uh, if I play it at all during the day or later on, oh, I check turnip prices too. Uh, turnip prices this week have been really really bad. Um, I'm I don't think I'm the only one that feels that way. Uh, so I bought my turnips on Sunday for I think it was was it 102 bells per turnip. Ooh. Um, yeah, that's which is cheap, a, a, right? no, that's a little bit more expensive. Uh, my biggest profit I made, I sold, I bought them for ninety, and sold them for four hundred and fifty. Okay, um, so I bought these for one hundred and two on Sunday, and they've been anywhere from thirty to seventy oh, bells per no. turnip. So I'm hoping between tomorrow and Saturday I can get a good price, either on my island or one of my kids' islands. Um, I at least want to. I at least want to sell them for 150 bells yeah. per turn up. So that would be that would be enough profit. Um, so I'll check my island too. Yeah, if you have a good price, just let me know. Uh, I'll pop over there real quick and sell them. But yeah, I, if I play during the day, um, that's usually what I do like designing for my. I'm still tinkering with parts of my island. Uh, I've got the main area done, which I think you've seen well. I've resident yes. resident residential section hasn't changed much i've added a few flare a little flare here and there um i did the orchard for my for my place which is all my fruit trees my bamboo trees i have a little like farm type of thing uh over on the left hand side of my island um uh up in the right hand corner i did a like a zen garden type of thing uh but outside of that like it's all still a work in progress i'm trying to work on a flower nursery uh so I, I don't know what I'm going to do with a lot of the other parts. So I'm still, it's still a work in progress, but uh, it's getting there. I mean, your island is unreal. Yeah. So it's, 
I don't know how you're going to make it much better, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a five-star island. I did get the five-star designation. Okay. Um, and that's, like I said, with most of it still undone. Um, most of it's still wild and rough. and But I got all the flowers. Uh, finally, the leaf, the... I think he's a sloth for comes around for earth day. So he, yeah. uh, he sold me the rest of the stuff that I need for my, all my flowers. You can get shrubberies from him too. It's addicting. Um, <laughs> and they keep adding more and more. They know? keep adding more and more stuff. I think I'm probably just going to at least play it every day for, for a little bit for the foreseeable future. Um, it's relaxing, you know? So absolutely, I'll be interested to see uh, if if my wife latches onto it. I bet she she, she seemed to for now. Um, I, I I hope she does because that's a fun that's something uh, you know the four of us, uh, myself and and Val and and the two older ones can can play together. I know there's limited stuff you can do, but um, yeah, it's fun. No, I mean. I would be shocked if you told me she didn't take to it, to be honest, Dan. I think it sounds like it's right up her alley. Well, she never took to New Leaf, but I, but that was at a different time, so I don't know. I, I get it for New Leaf, though. I don't know why. I guess there's no reason for me to actually get it, understand why. I just feel like I get why people didn't really like New Leaf as much as Horizons, New Horizons. Yeah. I just feel like the switch just opens the door for yeah it's it's much um, at least in my opinion it's a more interesting version because i've watched a decent amount of new leaf gameplay Mm -hmm. on youtube i just i don't know it it could be the whole console versus handheld although but it's it's the quality of the the visuals and stuff that that's really good on the switch version so much better yeah it does it's not even close so that's what I've played. Uh, I don't think I've played anything else. I keep I've got I keep downloading mobile games to play and I never do. I just can't bring myself to play mobile games. I actually did the same thing, Dan. I saw a mobile game. I was like, oh, that actually looks kind of cool. Like the only time an ad has ever been like an ad for a mobile game. I was like, ooh, maybe yeah. I'll check that out downloaded it and then immediately just didn't play it yep that's that's how that's how it goes for me or i'll play it for five minutes and be like oh okay this isn't bad and then then i'm done that's it (laughs) yeah i just can't latch on to anything i i even like games that i really like i played the call of duty mobile which was really good i played it for like a week and i played a lot for a week but after a week i'm like this is fine i'm done with it now no more yeah so who knows I don't know if I'll ever latch onto mobile gaming. I try and want to, but I just same with you, just can't really do it. Yeah. It's definitely a a hole we have in our podcast. None of us really get too into mobile games. Corey was the only one and Corey's doesn't really Yeah. Doesn't really record that much anymore. Yeah. But he plays Hearthstone instead of a lot of other mobile games, you know. <laughs> that's that's true. He is addicted to Hearthstone. Ah. Is he still addicted to Hearthstone? Do I think? don't know. He hasn't. He doesn't talk about it because he knows we don't know what he's talking about. See, but I like that. I like when one of us goes on a not a tangent, but uh, you guys need to play this yeah. sort of thing randomly yeah. in the chat one day because I just yeah. did it the other day with Persona. Yeah. What was the one? What was the thing I played recently that I was like, oh, everyone's got to play this? I feel like it was earlier this year. I don't know. I'm not going to think of it right now. 
My brain is too tired. Me. My brain's way too tired for that. I might come up with it by the end. Yeah. Oh, Gris. Yeah, Gris. It, it was, was Gris. Gris. That's what it was. Thank goodness I thought of that because <laughs> it was going to bother me too. See, Gris was in the direction I was even going, so I'm glad you came up with it because I was going down a whole other path. Yeah, no, no, Gris was was fantastic, uh, very artistic and and short too, which is also a good thing. Um, so yeah, uh, that's all, right? Well, nothing else to talk about. I think that's it. Game yeah. wise, I'll see if we have any feedback we didn't last time I checked. So, um, I, have you have you been tweeting? Because I haven't been tweeting. I didn't tweet out this week's stuff because okay. I lent the laptop I was using to a friend so he could do projects for school. Gotcha. Yeah, um, that's fine. So I didn't this week. But. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, we've we never been great about social media. I think Corey, Corey did the best uh, best out of all of us by far. Um, so, but we'll, I mean, we'll record on Thursdays like we always do. So um, next week. I want to say Gears Tactics, but I, do, I just don't think I'm going to play it. Uh, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I have a couple episode ideas that I kind of keep in the bank. Yeah, uh, I'm... When we run into the situation of, I'm, like, something like this. I'm actually going to spend some time this weekend brainstorming episode ideas. I know I have a couple knocking around the back of my head. Um, but, yeah, definitely... We're hitting first week of May, right? Yeah, it'll be it'll be May. Oh, tomorrow's the first day of May. Yeah, I've got nothing coming out, so not for a while still. Yeah. So we'll say possibly Gears Tactics if one of us ends up playing it, which it would be me if someone did end up playing it. Uh, but otherwise, it'll be something else. It'll be an evergreen content episode again. So yeah, that's all I've got. Will anything else? No, that's all I got. All right. Well, that'll do it for episode 454 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Will. Thanks for listening, and get out of my basement. Gotcha.